Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Taking Care of Business and I'm joined by a special guest today. We've got Michelle who is the co-owner and co-founder of Pitfire Pizza and as anyone who knows me will know, I absolutely love pizza. So this is a guest that I've been uh, been really looking forward to, to get on the podcast. We're going to talk about a few things. It's obviously the podcast is Taking Care of Business. So we're going to talk about Pitfire as a business, but then a little later on in the pod, we've got an exciting new partnership uh, to announce between Pitfire and Allsop and Allsop, which like I say, we're really, um, really excited to share with you all. So Michelle, hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on and joining us. Most welcome. So I think our starting point is your starting point, really. Pitfire, how it began, where the idea came from, how it was initially put together and why Dubai was the, the chosen market for it. Right. Well, um, it's an interesting story. So my husband, since I met him, since he was a teenager, has wanted to have a pizza restaurant. Wow. Like, it's been this obsession that he's had. And, you know, it was not something that we could do early in life because neither of us come from F&B or from family money. So we had to kind of get corporate yep. jobs. And so we, we came to it kind of later in life when we arrived in Dubai. We had been in Kuala Lumpur before that um, for 10 years. We talked about doing it there because there was no good pizza there either. But um, it was we didn't feel the business environment was safe enough, yep. you know, uh, for us to take the kind of risk that you take because it costs a lot of money to do a restaurant. So when we got to Dubai, we found a very uh, expat-friendly, transparent business environment. We did a little round, figured out no good pizza here. So And why not? What was wrong with the pizzas? Well, I mean, our definition of good pizza, yeah. okay? So it was either chains, like Papa Murphy's, Papa John's, Domino's, those sorts of things, or Italian restaurants that were doing pizza, but not really specializing in pizza. Yeah. There's, I think there, was, there were two restaurants that uh, Bussola and Rosso Vivo that were specializing in pizzas, but both were Neapolitan. And that's not our preferred style of pizza. We prefer a more American style, more cooked through, crunchy type of a crust instead of the soft, yep. flash cooked yeah, Neapolitan. Yeah. Um, so we kind of more focused on that. And we could see that there was a big lack of an independent pizzeria, which we saw a lot of in the States. A lot of people just like us doing their own thing, but focused just on pizza. Well, and I, I said to you off camera before, I wouldn't be surprised if some of our guys asked you for an autograph today, because <laughs> I think since you've started it, and when I've been speaking to some of the guys and about doing the podcast and you coming out, and like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they're waiting outside the, the room <laughs> for you. So it's, it's, really, um, it's really taken off well. But again, coming back to the business aspect, so like you said, it takes a lot of money and it's not easy to start a business, yeah. whether it's Kuala Lumpur, Dubai, the States or anywhere. So exactly. what were the, the biggest challenges you faced? Well, the first challenge we faced was just finding a location because we when back in, and you have to remember this was, this was 2013, 2014. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were looking around, Bill was going around to different places and it was really more like big, big place, big yeah. spots, you know? Um, and it was only later when places like JLT was built that some of the retail units started becoming smaller. But um, we did find a small space um, in the Greens Retail Center. And that was a failed Italian restaurant that wasn't doing well. Bill knew who, who was the partners in it. And we said, this is a perfect location. He said this is a perfect location for us to start because yeah. it's small. It's not too big. It's not too risky. 
Um, and it was already an existing business, so we didn't we didn't want to be anyone's business partner. We yep. wanted to just like set it up like a franchise. So it's a fascinating story, but knowing what you know now, if you could do one thing again, what would it be? That there's a lot, um, but what I would say is that um, every business is a continual learning experience, and the first one we did failed, and. We, learning from that failure was the best MBA in what not to do. And we really look back on it now and we think we had to fail there in order to ultimately succeed because that's what that failure there and what it cost us and all that pushed us to start over and it pushed me to leave my job. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me personally as well. Wow. Yeah. So what, what made you guys take the decision to not be, or what drove you forward to not, to not be scarred by the experience, to think, oh, we've tried it, maybe it's not worked, but to, to kind of think, okay, well, that's not worked, but we believe we can do, we yeah. can do it better. We were, we were scarred for a while, I yeah. have to say, because um, it, was, it was a really, it got quite ugly, um, where the, you know, the, the mark and the logo and the brand which we had registered um, they put it on their trade license without asking us if we could do anything about it. So we had to kind of wait until that whole thing got through the Ministry of Economy process, and then we went to the DED and we wow, so claimed copyright a, infringement. Quite an ugly process. Yeah, it was very really, ugly, yeah. and they tried to stop it every step of the way, uh, understandably, because they wanted to keep it. Um, yeah. But we ended up prevailing in the end because we proved wow. that it was ours. Yeah. And um, so after all that happened, it was sort of like a little bit like, okay, now what do we do? <laughs> do we just put all of this knowledge and, and, and the recipes and everything in a suitcase and just pack it away? No, we need to do another one. So we talked to some people and we found new partners. And that's how we ended up in JLT. Because the people that we went into business with the second time, whom we set it up correctly this yeah. time, <laughs> Um, we're really nice people. Uh, we, we bought them out over time, but we're still on very good terms. Um, they had a little spot, this little spot in JLT and Cluster D. So again, not a huge investment. Yeah. Um, we had already lost a lot of money on the first one, so we didn't want to risk losing a lot more on doing something splashy the second time. I think there's a, a remarkable story then. It, it, it kind of correlates a little bit with Carl and Lewis and Allsop and Allsop, talking about like partnerships and the fact that a few days after Allsop and Allsop opened the doors was the 2008 financial crisis oh. and all the headlines with people with their heads in their hands. And yeah. It was, um, but quite often adversity can make or break people and it sounds like for, for Pitfire, it really. Yeah, I mean, guys. for the whole time this was all going on, we were just walking around like, felt like with a knife in our heart because it was like someone had kidnapped our four-year-old child because yeah. they pushed us out of the business and told the staff we weren't allowed to even go in the store. So it was like we could see it. But we couldn't nurture our little baby that we yeah. had created, you know. So that was, it was, it was very, very painful. But you know, we consider it now um, uh, the best MBA we could have ever gotten on what not to do. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it is. It, yeah, it, we did it, a lot of things right. I mean, the food, the, the 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 brand was a hit from the start. It was definitely what people wanted and needed because it was a. We, my husband formulated the the dough to deliver very well and that's what really makes us different and that was missing because neapolitan pizza which was what there was at the time 
doesn't deliver super well because of So how long does that process take? How long, for example, to get the perfect dough? There's, I guess there's a lot of trial and error and... Yeah, he did it at home, um, you know. And so you guys he, were eating pizza for months. We were, <laughs> I was like, and I'm the cook in the family. So it was like, and it was, so I just want to be clear that it was like, I was just letting him pursue his dream and just sort of being like, if you want to cook me pizza, cook me pizza, yeah. you know? And so he was just toiling away and working on the recipe and he's, he got really into the science of fermentation and he, he's very, very, his, his grandfather was a baker oh, wow. in New York City. So I think he's got some, something in his, in his genes, yeah. but, um, you know, he was just very obsessive about it. And to this day, he still finds little ways to improve it. So it's a never-ending process. You've always got to be, you know, you can't you can't just let something stagnate and think, oh, it can't be better, you know, because it can always be better. Well, 100%. And one of the questions I was going to ask and come on to is how do you, so that's the dough, but in terms of new pizzas, how do you decide? Is that just a constant experimentation of why, why don't yeah. we try this topping or why don't we try that? Well, we, we launched with a, a pretty long list of pizzas, stuff that we, um, that we were making at home that we liked, the topping combinations that we liked. Um, I, I love to name the pizzas funky things. Yeah. Um, and so adding a new one is not easy, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we, we relaunched in 2016 with two new pizzas on the menu because we felt we needed to do something to differentiate yeah. ourselves from those people who were still operating, by the way, under a different name, but still operating. Even to today? No, they've, 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 they've gone, gone out of business now. By now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> that didn't take long. Uh, once me and Bill were back in the picture, you know, yeah. um, and then I left behind. I was a HR director for 20 years, and I was doing pit fire just, you know, part-time. Yeah. So I... I just said, look, one of us has got to like focus on this full time or the same thing is going to happen to us that happened the first time. So I left behind my corporate career and started over as a restaurateur. I didn't know what I was doing, but I figured it out. What, an, what an amazing story. And, and so there must be even trial and error in that coming from a, a HR background or any kind of corporate background to to then even design a restaurant and think, okay, this yeah. setup's going to be nice. That counter can go over there. Yeah, you know, you you get the help from people. Um, Bill is a very talented designer. He's he's done the interiors for all of our restaurants oh, wow. so far. So um, he's he 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 does all the design stuff, and he's very good at these programs and it comes from his lighting design experience as well because he works with architects and with interior designers yeah. all the time so so he's really good at it and um as they've come together it's been just him and what makes sense functionally and that sort of thing we we never employed a kitchen designer up until uh we our our business bay kitchen the that's in a hotel and the hotel employed a kitchen designer yeah so we met this guy and we've used him now for all of our kitchens since. So kitchens are one thing. The, the front end. The, the yeah. front end is like a whole other thing. Yeah, I guess so, actually. Because even when I was asking the question, I was thinking about the, the front end. You kind of just take for a given that a kitchen's a kitchen, but I guess it's not, is it? No, it's not. You have, everything has to flow. And we, um, we do a high volume delivery business. So if you came to our Arjan kitchen, for example, um, and I took you in the back, you could see that everything starts from one end and moves towards the door where it yep. goes out to the to the riders um and you have to design like that when you're doing you know big volume on a friday night because everybody orders at seven o'clock and then it gets crazy and 
Yeah, you, you, need, a, you need an efficient process. Yeah, for so, sure. Arjan, that brings me on to a question I had is, what helps or what factors influence where you guys choose to open up and to go to? That's a good question. Um, we, we try to make sure that we cover all the major residential areas of Dubai. And being out in this part of, the, of Dubai has been something that we, we wanted to do for a really, yeah. really long time. And we just, you know, we looked at property prices in Motor City and, and Arjan, as it was coming up, Bill's office is in Arjan. So, oh, so yeah. he, he watched all these buildings come up and as each new one was built with some retail space on the bottom, he'd go and he'd call and he'd yeah. speak to them. And none of them were provisioned for F&B properly until the one where we are now. And that was the first one that was actually a quality development provision for F&B. And we were one of the first ones to sign a lease in there. And our rent is half the amount per square foot than in Motor City. So, yeah, so, I mean, for us, unit level profitability is is one of our... Oh, crucial. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I mean, we, we won't compromise on that, you know, because we're not in this to break even or, you know, lose so, money. <laughs> so does that come from your background or Bill's background in terms of the, the, the business aspects and the financials and what are your negotiables and non-negotiables? Who, who drives uh, that side? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I, you know, I would say that um, neither of us were really strong in that area. And so as we were as we were moving along, I had a lot of people that helped me along the way, people that just admired the brand that were restaurateurs. One guy in particular, he's an American guy, he's now our operations director, um, is, you know, he's American, he's ex-Chipotle, he's, he's got a, a mind like numbers yeah. just. And so he taught me how to read a P&L. Um, he helped us determine what was important and what was not important. So he's been working with us now for part-time, on and off for three or four years. Because before we opened in Business Bay, we just had our two locations in JLT. And we had signed the lease for Business Bay. And we knew we'd been selected for timeout market. And I looked around the business and we had just worked with, and this is where my HR experience came in. We had just worked with with this guy who's our ops director and a couple of other guys to do a franchise package for us. And after going through that process, I realized how much was part of that in terms of standard operating procedures that we did not have into our business. And so the HR part of me was like, you know what, what's gotten us this far is not going to get us to where we need to go. So I brought them in um, as consultants to work with us and basically professionalize our business. And I worked alongside him and he did that and got involved with the staff and, and so, yeah. that's, well, that's an amazing aspect to the journey itself, because like you said before, just about the, the pizzas and how it's not OK just to say, OK, this is what we offer. Yeah. We're good at it and, and that's it. But from yeah. a business point of view as well, to, to have that constant evolution and to realize, OK. You have to know what you don't know. Yeah. That's and and that's something that I've been I, I, I just I, whether it's luck or whatever, I, I seem to have this knack for surrounding myself with people who are I, I'm not afraid to like hire smarter people than me because I don't know everything and I rely on people to do stuff that I'm not good at. Well, there's a, a Richard Branson hit the headlines, didn't he, two or three months ago? Yeah, he was talking about the same yeah. thing. I loved it, actually. Yeah, no, it's the like, same, oh. but it's remarkable everything he's achieved in his saying yeah. until he's in his 50s, he didn't understand profit, profit <laughs> yeah, and loss. He's like, but, I have a dad, I don't know. But he has that <laughs> philosophy of hiring people around him that can, yeah. that can drive that for him. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have won lots of awards over the years. Yeah. Which one is it that means the most to you? 
what means the most to me is the most recent one, which was um, Best Pizzeria in the Time Out Restaurant Awards. And that was an award that was really important to me because I've been lobbying Time Out to, yep. to have a pizza category for many years, and they finally did. And to win it just felt amazing. We brought the whole team, and it was such a wonderful night. They put on a great award show. So if you've been lobbying them, the, the culmination of a lot of hard work as well. Yeah, I mean, they basically said, um, talk to the hand. When there's enough good yeah. pizzerias, we'll do it. But, um, yeah, I understood their reason for not doing it. But when they finally did do it, we kind of had to win it. I was going to – I was set myself up for not winning and everything, you know. So, but – But after being the one to push it, yeah, it's, it's nice that you guys took home the award. So what did you – how did it go? Did you have to – was it a particular pizza that won it for you? Was the No, what they do for this – this one is they they chose one of our locations and it's the JLC location, the OG, and so that was the pizzeria that was that was nominated for the award. So they came and they shot B roll there and and um, and it was that particular location that was on their radar for. So you must have been like a, a proud mother on the day, like overseeing oh. the chefs to make sure everything's perfect. Oh yes, I'm there for all those kind of yeah. shoots. Yeah, I Amazing. make sure that they go well. Apart from we we got global recognition the. Um, not long before that we got selected by an organization called 50 top pizza who were they go they're sort of like the michelin of pizza wow they have anonymous inspectors and everything it's an italian group and they uh they send an you know anonymous inspectors i got an email saying congratulations you've been selected in the top 50 but they wouldn't tell us what number we were so we flew to madrid to collect the award and we were number 13. Incredible. Of artisan pizzeria chains in the world. Wow. Because that, what they recognize is that, is that to, have, to be great in one unit um, is, is great, but what it takes to be consistent and great when you, as you grow is a whole other skill set. So, and that leads on to a good question, actually. So how does that work? How do you ensure that... Because we've had similar in terms of when we open up, mm-hmm. all something else that used to be one office, yeah. when everyone was together, the, the culture, the processes, the structure was all the same. Then when we open more offices, yeah. that is a challenge to keep the same, keep the same culture and standards and, and everything and else. And often you can't. Yeah. Often you can't. Um, change comes. And some of the people who, who were part of the original journey don't really like the change. Yeah. And I, I liken it to getting on the bus or you would choose to get on the bus of change or not to get on the bus. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to get on the bus, fine. The bus will leave the station without you. Good luck. Yeah. If you do want to get on the bus, you better be on the bus. Yeah. Or you'll get kicked off the bus. So you got to like look at change that way and manage change actively as part of your business because that's the only way you can really do it. And, you know, st- standard proceed in the restaurant business, you know, we train for, we hire for attitude and train for skill. And so, you know, we have really good, strong management team, a really good team structure in place, strong culture of promotion from within, which keeps people we have, happy. We have the same philosophy. Yeah. I agree with that completely yeah. because it, there's, personality is most important. We say exactly the same. You can train everything else, but if you've got a bad egg, so to speak, yeah. the, the negativity and the the almost poison that they can spread yeah. is, can cripple a, a business 100%. or an office or a, a restaurant. In, yeah, and you in just have case. to be able to recognize it early that you've got a problem here. Yeah. And, you know, you can try to deal with the problem by keeping the, the, 
the problem inside the organization, but if that doesn't work, you can't hesitate to just burn a visa and yeah. get the problem out. Well, that's a good exit process. <laughs> Maybe I should ask our HR team start burning visas. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, look, it's, it's a personal decision, uh, but I don't think you should keep a bad team member just because yeah, you no, don't want to like, you know, just because you spent 7,000 dirhams on a visa for that person. No, it's true. And it's, uh, you listen to yourself or, or any business leaders, and it's always about taking hard decisions quickly and, yeah. and actually taking a decision rather than just, you know, it might change or yeah. let's give them another few weeks. It might be a little bit different. And that's where my HR, um, experience came yeah. in and was very very handy so you know i i have no compunction to do those sorts of things um and you know there's certain things you just don't tolerate in the restaurant business you know they have a saying it's not if your employees are going to steal from you it's when so you have to have really good systems for you know balancing your till every night checking everything that's going on being close in the business and we just have really good managers that, that do that. And do you know what? That, that's another side of business that a lot of people don't see all the time. Unfortunately, you do have to expect the worst in people. Like you said, not if, but when. Because for 95% of people that, that are good and are decent and are, are loyal to a company, there is always 5% that you have to try and cater for to protect, protect your business. Yeah, true. Um, what's next for Pitfire? Well, we're opening in Murdiff um, in, uh, well, it was supposed to be middle of this month, but it's going to be delayed, of course, they always are, yep. and it's going to be the end of uh, end of this month, and then we've, we're just about to sign one more lease for another opening Amazing. this year. I won't ask you too I, much I if it's not. No, yeah. John, I can't reveal it yet, but it's going to be very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, very exciting for us. Well, we'll stay tuned to that one. So when you, because um, this relates to our business as well, when you go to kind of break into a new area, so whether it's Murdiff or the new lease that you're talking about, how do you go about it? That's how'd a you... very good question. Um, we have a very specific way we go about it. And we go about it by just basically keeping our mouths shut. And yeah. letting and just letting the word of mouth spread so that the the volume of people ordering and coming in builds gradually. Because when we do get to capacity um, in a certain location where you know you do have eighty orders on a rack on a Friday night, the pressure to move fast and get it done is very, very intense. And a new team, even with some seasoned team members on it, the team has to learn to gel. And we prefer to give them time to grow into yeah. the volume. So, is that eighty orders on a Friday night? You said on the rack. In yeah, in a, in a thirty-minute time span, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's really nuts. Yeah, how can many you pieces? The yeah, of yeah. The managers no, there. but they're great. They, it's we we watch on the cameras. We we deliberately designed Pitfire so that we didn't need to be present in yep. it to make it run. Um, and so. We watch on the cameras and we it's so fun to see them. They just come together as one and it's like watching a dance. It's, yeah. the, it's the coolest thing, honestly. Yeah. Oh, amazing. <laughs> so then what so that's how you break into a community, but how, is there a way that you ensure people keep coming back to you? Is it just the, the quality of, just of the pizza? By or? delivering consistency yeah. and quality and responding to customer complaints if they are, because it happens. I mean people make mistakes. Yep. Riders drop pizzas and, you know, the customer blames us, not Deliveroo, yeah. you know what I mean? So 
Um, you know, just making sure your customer stand, uh, customer service standards are, are really high. We we kind of adopt the American model of customer service. The customer is always right, and we will always make it right for the customer. Yeah. So, and just, you know, keep, just do a good job. Yeah. I mean, that's all you really have to, if your product is good, then, you know, I mean, we spend a bit of time, I spend time on, you know, our Instagram account and stuff like that and collaborations and stuff to, to just do fun things yeah. and keep it fresh and keep it new. But when we launch a new pizza, with the exception of the truffle pizza, which was done about two and a half years ago, um, people don't tend to order them. They, they, they come for their favorites. They come for the margarita. They yeah. come for the pepperoni. They, you say, oh, I've got this new, you know, uh, it's, it's for Halloween. It's got pumpkin on it and it's got, you know what I mean? Sage and yeah. all those Halloweeny things. And they're like, okay, great, but I'd well, like a pepperoni. Yeah. yeah. So that's one thing we've learned. And, and that's something about introducing new pizzas too, is when, when we do it, we do limited edition. Um, I just introduced one yesterday, a new one, but it's oh. for dine-in only. It's called the Queen Bee. Oh, right. And What's on the Queen um, Bee? It's very simple, like a summer pizza. It's got just our tomato sauce, then we bake it, and it comes out, and we, we top it with fresh basil leaves, fresh cherry tomatoes, a ball of burrata, and amazing. then a balsamic glaze. It's amazing. It's so very what, light. What's the... What's the um What's the, the thought or the process behind that just being a, a dine-in? Is it because of how the pizza will travel or just to Burrata doesn't get people deliver into well. the... Yeah. Yeah. Some things just don't deliver well. And I will not send something out the door in delivery if it's not, like, perfect. So how will you let people know that there's this new pizza? It's a dining only option to, to come along to one of the restaurants. Well, we have, like, these little table, table banners that people see. Um, we have social media... I've been using a PR firm that on Thursday they're gonna they're gonna do what they call the sell-in um, to launch it, so people might see it through that. Yeah. And again, just word of mouth, you know, people love Barada here. So, do you know what? And it's the again, to keep drawing similarities. I hope that's okay. But between mm-hmm. like yourselves and ourselves, we're the same for the amount of. Um, money, to put it simply, that we spend on marketing, mm-hmm. whether it be property portals, digital marketing, SEO, PPC, our highest revenue generators, referrals, and past clients coming back to us. And that's what you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you've, if you're building a business on that, that's yeah, it's yeah. a very, very solid yeah, we have, foundation. We have customers that have been with us for seven years that still order regularly. And, you know, we have our regulars that go in, that prefer to dine in. That, that go to our JLT branch and the team there knows their names, they know what they like, and, you know, it's like old friends coming back. Yeah. We've got our regulars now in Arjan. And Amazing. I'm sure we'll have regulars in Murdiv. Yeah, 100%. It must be quite nice when you when you do go into an area to to see the regulars start to, it to is. grip feed in. It is. To, to it really up. is. I never get, we never get tired of seeing, you know, we, sometimes we sit there and Bill will be like, okay, they're about to get their pizza, they're about to get their pizza. And we love to watch people take that first bite and the reaction that they have is just never gets old to be honest (laughs) um delivery or any of the delivery um apps or services how's that how does that affect you guys because i know this is a few years ago now obviously but when delivery came out there was a a lot in the restaurant industry that were up in arms and they were taking too many too much of the profits and they wanted too too big a margin so how's that affected you guys well You've got to manage those aggregators very carefully and smartly and um, and know when to 
be exclusive with one and when not to. Um, again, my operations director has helped me a lot over yeah. the years because we started out being on, we started out with our own drivers and then quickly realized that the economics of that didn't really stack up yeah. um, as opposed to being on the platform. So we started out on Zomato and then we signed up with Deliveroo and then um, we tried Kareem, we tried Uber Eats and, you know, and then it, became clear to us that Deliveroo was where most of our demographic orders. So I slowly started negotiating a lower commission with Deliveroo to drop in exchange yeah. for dropping other aggregators. And so now I've got a great commission with them. Good. Yeah. But we're, we are, um, we have given them notice. We're going to um, also sign up with Talibot. They've come after us pretty aggressively, pretty aggressively yeah. and kind of gave us an offer we can't refuse. So it makes a lot of sense now that we have, scale you know um when you're smaller there's there's certain factors that make it smart to be exclusive with one platform yeah. uh to have all your eggs in, bas in that basket yeah. um but as you get bigger and as your ability to build your capacity grows we're adding new ovens we're going to be able to get more pizzas out it makes more sense to spread it out. Well, and also when you start, you need them. Whereas when you become yeah. the big brand, they yeah. need you Absolutely, almost yeah. on, on their platform. So it's the, the dynamic completely switches. Yeah, that, we do enjoy that um, that status of companies wanting to, to work for our brand and have our brand on their platform. Um, but that doesn't make us any less ruthless about how yeah. we negotiate with these people. <laughs> well, like you say, it's business. That's right, it, yeah. It? Same and thing with commercials on a lease. Yeah, it's exactly the same. You've got to, and again, we're the same, you've got to look after every mm. last dirham. There's a saying from the UK, if you look after the penny, the pounds look after themselves. Yeah. And it, it's exactly the, the yeah. same if you look after the dirhams over here. Yeah. Or the fills, sorry, the, the dirhams fills. look after themselves. The fills, yeah. I mean, you you know, food costs, everything. It's, there's profit margins in a, in a restaurant are not big. So everything counts. Yeah where you can save this much, you can save that much. And not by cutting quality, because we refuse to cut quality, because prices continue to go up yeah. from our suppliers. Um, all over the world, they're going up. And so we did do a price increase, but we, we when we do a price increase, it's like one, two dirhams on, a, on an item. Yeah. So it's not like a big, it's not like people even really notice. Well, I was just gonna ask that actually, do people notice or do you get feedback or, because it, you are right across the world over the last, really since, as well yeah prices for everything have, have shot through the roof yes yeah so we rarely get any comments maybe one or two yeah but most people don't really notice it i guess i guess everyone's in the same boat though aren't they so yeah. whatever they're ordering from or whatever restaurant they go to experience they have it's you know at a point you get it gets i mean we we do lose customers because we we become unaffordable to them and then they'll trade down in quality to save money, um, and that's a consumer decision, and I can't really do much about that. You know, the customers that are willing to pay for quality, we're here. Yeah. You know. Do you know what? From a couple of things you've said, something that's that's really important, and again similar to us, you really know when to draw the line and when to accept you can't do anything about something. Yeah. And just to focus on what you're what you're good at and what you know you yeah. can control, because I think a lot of people in business will try and chase everything. Yeah. And, and just turn, spin them themselves around in circles by trying to, oh, we've lost that consumer. Maybe we should drop the price again or we should do this or do that. Oh, it's gosh. You know, the discount culture is something that, that people fall victim to here. And I think it's so sad. I don't discount. Yeah. Um, we rarely do. I mean, the only discount you'll ever get from Pitfire is when you order via our 
own portal, the ChatFood portal, for the first three orders, you get 20% off. And that's to bring people onto yeah. that platform. Um, and there's a loyalty program there and everything. So we do we do all those, those types of things. Um, and we concentrate on new customer acquisition as well as retaining our loyal customers. So oftentimes we will, we will I mean, we have so many customers that, I don't know, we, we could probably spend a little bit more time analyzing our customer database and working more on yep. customer retention. That's not something that we've had the luxury to focus on so far, but. But again, there's only so much time in the day. Yeah. Uh, to, and, and so many you have people to prioritize. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so as we're talking about discounts and uh, onboard, for want of a better way of putting it, onboarding or introducing new customers, probably feels like a good time to introduce the, the new partnership yeah. that, we're, yeah, that we're coming yeah. together on. So from next week, I think it is Christian, we've got our marketing director just off camera. Um, we're going to go out with every new tenant in a apartment property is going to get two Pitfire pizzas yep. delivered to them. And a custom branded box, co-branded box. When Christian first called me about this, I I knew at the time because it, it's been a, it's been months in the making yep. and um and but I knew we were going to have motive and I knew that we would have because I've had people come to me with this before and we just didn't have enough penetration in terms yep. of our locations to do it justice. Yep. Um, and I still am yet to get him a list of places that we don't deliver to because there are a few that we don't deliver to. But I was like, yeah, I love it. I think it's a great idea. I love the idea of, of giving someone who's moved into a new house. I mean, pizza's the perfect thing to have. You know, it's a win-win yep. because like you guys get to make your customers happy. We get to make people know that Pitfire delivers yep. to them. Um, so it's like, it's, it's a win-win for both of us. And, and I think both of us were like, look, I was like, I'll cover this cost. And he was like, I'll cover that cost. Yep. So I'm covering the food and the delivery and he's covering the packaging. So it works out. So um, I'm kind of donating the food. Yeah. Well, no, the packaging I love. So it's for cute. anyone that is moving in, it's, um, I look it's forward to, to you guys getting the boxes and, and giving us some, um, some feedback. But yeah, from, from our point of view, obviously, Moving house is a stressful time yeah. for most people. So the, the concept for us is if we can help out a small bit by, and like you said, pizza's a perfect meal for someone who's just moved into the house. Maybe the kitchen's not arranged yet. Mm -hmm. You're living in boxes. It comes in a box. You don't really need anything. You can mm -hmm. just pick, pick up the slices and eat. And when it's a great tasting pizza as well, then. Like you say, know, this has been done before back. in Dubai. It has, it has been, been done. Not by real estate companies, but by the moving companies. Yeah they've tried and not and it's not really lasted so um one of the things that i feel good about this and our pr company we're talking about it too it's like for us to do this and get it right you know for people yeah is is going to be great because it's like you know he's put a lot of effort into it i've put a lot of effort into it and we both just want to get it right yeah you know um and it's just like a community giving back kind of a thing um, that I feel really good about. Yeah, no, we do too. And hopefully, um, I mean, as with anything, I guess, I'm sure there'll be a, a couple of things we need to iron out and we learn as we go along, but that there's no reason really it shouldn't be. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a success. Yeah, logistics of like knowing when people, you know, their move-in day is, is, is that's what we're working on now to try and figure that stuff out and how to get the notification to our team and give us enough time to arrange a driver. And yep. we have a cutoff time of 6.30 yep. because we can't have like these 
pieces going out at eight, eight o'clock yep. when we're in the middle of the rush, you know. So we've got a few little little um, barriers around it to make sure that it's successful. But yeah, that, I think, but this whole learning curve, yeah, isn't it? And I'm sure we will between I'm us all, sure we will. all get it right. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, so our aim is when to actually be there on the moving day for people again because that's mm-hmm. the most stressful day. Or you, you, you've moved out of one place, you've got your boxes, yeah. everything packed. You're moving into the next place. You've not had time to unpack anything yet. So if we can just provide a meal mm. at the end of the day. So coming on to the the two pizzas, mm-hmm. I think we've got specials from. Are to our two co-founders and partners, Lewis mm-hmm. and Carl Alsop, mm-hmm. our CEO and COO. So, what what pizzas are we going to be sending out? What have they both selected? So, there's there's a couple of different parts of this. So, number one is the is the launch when you guys launch it here. Obviously, we're going to send what your two guys want. Yeah. Um, I believe one of them want is just a straight up margarita guy, and one of them is a pepperoni with jalapeno guy. So for uh, that is the yin and yang of Allsop. Yeah. And, Allsop. and yeah. anyone who knows Lewis and Carl, I'm sure you can guess whose is which pizza there. For, for sure. Well, okay. And then, so, but the pepperoni primo um, and the margarita are our top two best-selling pizzas. Yeah. And you just can't go wrong. And when we first started talking about it, it was like, well, do we find out if they're a vegetarian or if they're not a vegetarian and we send something accordingly. And then I was like, you know what, let's just send one of each. Yeah. If they don't eat it, they can give it to somebody else yeah. if they're a vegetarian or whatever, yeah. and they don't want the pepperoni. So I think um, because not everybody likes spicy food, we'll probably for the deliveries, we'll probably just do the pepperoni. Yeah. But for Lewis and Carl, when you guys do your lunch, lunch. Here, we'll, send, we'll send the pepperoni and Lewis jalapeno, and which I personally love as well. You should tell them to try it with fresh chopped chili. Really? Green chili. Yeah. That's what I like. I'll give them a shout. So does that... Actually, it's a good question. So... For the toppings, in fact, now I've lost my train of thought. You were gonna, you probably were gonna, gonna say, say, how do you customize? Like, can you, yeah, how do you customize? Yeah, so we've got to build your own feature, and you can basically build your own pizza. A lot of people just customize a pizza, so they'll order a pepperoni, and then they'll order like mushrooms and black olives because we don't, act, we don't have that exact combo. Yeah. Um, so customization is a big, big, big thing with us. It's an American thing. Um, Italians are not so fond of, fond of you customizing their pizza, but we do half and half on our large pizzas, not on the smalls, but on the large. And um, and we have a build your own, so you can basically create your own pizza. You want to know what the num- the highest number of toppings anybody's ever ordered? Yeah, go on. What do you reckon? Fifteen. Higher. Twenty. Higher. Really. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight different toppings. Yeah. It was a beast of a pizza. I mean, and you have to be careful because you can't like you couldn't pick up a slice if you put like you have to. So it was, I the team took a picture of the of the thing and it was like they basically put everything on top of it. Yeah, I don't know what the sometimes I see combinations that just boggle my mind. I just go, wow, I never would have thought of that. But do you know what though? I can be guilty of that sometimes because Mm -hmm. some. it's hard to explain, but sometimes you can just be in a funny mood and think, oh, I'm going to try this and that today. Yeah, or, you know, it's like you, you see a list of toppings and you're like, I like this. I like sautéed spinach with garlic. I like artichoke hearts. I like pepperoni. I like mushrooms. So I'll put them all on a pizza without really giving any thought as to whether those things taste good together. So so that's, that, that's what we do with the signature pizzas is we make sure that the yeah. combinations that are there taste really, really good and are balanced. Yeah. 
But if a customer orders a pizza and throws it all out of whack, then I, again, can't I, control that. That's why I don't you own do a pizza you. restaurant. <laughs> and you do. Because <laughs> I'm one of the weird guys who just try a load of different combinations for exactly the reason hey, I am. You, you do, just said. Listen, you're, everybody does their own thing and we don't judge. So the half and half works well for my wife and myself because obviously you can mm-hmm. choose your favorite toppings on there. So I'm going to link that to running and owning the business with your husband, because yeah. obviously different personalities, different likes, different tastes. Yeah. How does that dynamic work? It, you know, it works well because um, he's he has his skill set and I have my skill set. They don't really overlap. And um, the stuff that I like to do is the stuff that he really doesn't like to do and vice versa. So, you know, sometimes because I, I kind of run the, the business operationally, um, sometimes he kind of will go in and step on my toes. I'll feel yep. like he's stepping on my toes a little bit. So we just have a conversation about it and he'll say, God, you're so territorial. And I'll be like, <laughs> yeah, but you gotta tell me next time. So we don't we don't like have these fights about it, yep. but we do have conversations about it. And it doesn't happen very often because I make it very clear, you know, if you wanna do this and he's, he's notorious for changing the dough recipe. Yeah. And I'm like, How are we going to, you know, because we have to document things and and it's like consistency, consistency, you know, so he's gotten much better at that now, though. He's he's following the now that our ops director is in place, he's making sure that he goes through the right path. Now, again, I can draw a similarity because I feel for us, Lewis will be the one who'll just say, yeah, we're going to do this now. Yeah. And Carl will be the one who says, well, actually that impacts 30 different things. Yeah. We need to, yeah, to organise and put I'm into Carl. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Carl's the margarita guy. Yeah. <laughs> Lewis is the spicy, flamboyant, carnival type character. Yeah, but the thing is, our personalities are flip-flop from yeah. the two because I'm the extrovert, he's the introvert. But I'm the detailed yeah. operational person that can see 20 steps down the line and know that this particular thing he's suggesting that it's not going to work because it's got this, 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 and this, you know, yeah. knock on effect. And, but I try my best not to say that at the beginning because sometimes he has to discover it for himself. So, yeah, but, but it's, I, compromise. I, I, again, with all stuff and all stuff, that's what makes businesses work though. Yeah. Having the two different characters because if you just had, in our case, a Lewis, yep. you'd have incredible ideas and vision. Now, I'm not saying I have to be careful. Yeah, you're not they, saying Carl doesn't have this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you'd have none of the actual structure and process and, yeah. and the back end. And I'm probably more like Carl myself. So if we just had like a, a Carl or myself type character, you would have never, all the structure. You would the structure, but you wouldn't have the, the, the vision. Yeah, exactly. and and that, you know, in our relationship, Bill has always been the guy. I've always said Bill steers the ship. Yeah. So he's the one out there. You know, yep. looking into the horizon to to determine what our next move is going to be, and if I'm, just behind, I'm just behind, behind cleaning up. Yeah. At, you know, and um, and so yeah, I mean, we we joint decision making on things, yeah. but like he's the guy who's always thinking of the future. You know, and um, I'm fine like with saying that. that's what I'm makes that's what makes it work. That's right. <laughs> Good. I think we got some quick fire questions um, okay. to end on. The first one is your favorite pit fire location. And why? That's a really hard one. I love them all, honestly. I guess I'd have to, well, hmm. the OG JLT location yeah. is like, got a special place in my heart. 
But in the summertime, it's just so small inside that, like, I mean, in the wintertime, if I have a choice of where to go have a meeting with someone, because I usually meet people at, the, at yep. one of the restaurants, um, I'll always go there because it's like, and you walk in and it's like, you see, when you walk into any of our stores, you basically see our personality reflected in that space. Yep. And so that one is, because it is the OG, it's like, it's got a very special place in my heart. Um, I love our timeout market location. I love our delivery only kitchens. They've all got their own little thing yeah. going on. Um, I really like Arjan a lot because it's closest to home and it's our biggest store. And it's very easy. I can be there in five minutes, you yeah. know? So if I want to go in the back and experiment with a pizza or something like that, I can just go and get that done. So. That one has been the most convenient for, for me to have nearby because we've been doing a lot of stuff lately, collaborations and new pizza launches and things. It's almost like I've asked you to name a favorite child there, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's don't impossible ask me to about do. my yeah. favorite pizza either because that's a... <laughs> that's one of the quick files. That's, that's a constantly revolving door. Um, I, I just... I We tried one on the weekend that we haven't had in such a long time. It's called the Stuby Special. Stuby is Bill's mother's maiden name. And it's like this, it's got our roasted red capsicum, pepperoni, Italian sausage, and Kalamata olives. And it's such a good combination. And I said, let's work because we haven't yeah. had it in such a long time. We were eating it. He was like, gosh, this is such a good pizza. I mean, they're all good. The only one I, I don't care for is the fresh veggie. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the white pie because I'm more of like a, I don't know. Yeah. I just find them kind of a little bit bland. And I like spicy stuff and a lot more flavor. So, but I like know, them all. This isn't quick fire, but it's just come into my mind. Talking about like Bill's mum there, and obviously then you think of uh, roots and, and everything else. Do you think you would ever open in the US or New York? I don't think so. I don't think so because the restaurant business in the States is a very different animal to here. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, really, really been struggling since the pandemic. Um, people don't, the people who, Want, wanted to work in the restaurants or just don't really want to do it anymore. So it's, it's, it's tough. Um, waiters, chefs are among some of the lowest paid people yeah. in the States. And that's also the case here. But here what you have are people who are willingly coming from another country to provide a better life for their family. And then you do have the visa situation. So the, the, the whole like employee situation is much more stable than it is in the states so i don't think at this point yeah. in our lives we want to like do that you know i don't the, think the so. other thing is dubai is such a a fast growing city mm. in terms of just property handovers but then population growth and, yeah. and everything else so, so we're kind of similar in that thought process as well into Dubai's expanded so much. There's, there's so much to achieve in Dubai still. I know, and to right? To and achieve. Abu Dhabi and yeah. and the greater MENA area, you know. So it's we we definitely have growth in front of us. Um, that's that was that's the plan. Um, how that's all going to unfold, we will see. But um, we're definitely going to keep growing. Good. Um, one of the questions I've got here is uh, Lewis or Carl's pizza, but I think I know the answer to that from what you've it's said gonna already. It's going to be the pepperoni the, with, yeah, the with the jalapenos, jalapenos on top. Okay. Carl, try it with chopped green chili. <laughs> yeah, good. <okay. Yeah>. Maybe <laughs> we'll stick one under him when he, when he gets it's back. Very, it's, it's a lot. I mean, it's, it's more heat than the jalapeno. Yeah. And, 
And the jalapeno kind of gives it a bit of a tang that I think he probably likes, so he might not like it, but I personally we'll like it. We'll get him to do a taste test when, yeah. he's, when he's in. Um, the final question, just to throw it to property a little bit, if you could live anywhere in Dubai, where would it be? Definitely within a pit fire delivery zone. <laughs> Um, I really love that we live, we've, had, we've owned our house in the ranches the whole time we've been here. So, um, it's, it's a great house and we, we love that house. We were going to sell it when the market was so high yeah. and we actually had a, an offer and everything. And, and then we just changed our mind at the last minute because we didn't want to think about moving. But yeah. I suppose if there's any one place that I would like to experience that I haven't, Yet it would be like the Jamiram scheme area yep. near the beach, one of those old villas. Yeah, you know? beautiful. I would they? probably yeah. hate it um, because I'm not a beach person, and you know. But I think just having the beach nearby and hearing the waves and being able to go walk on the beach would be nice. Well, there's, there's a there's a thing that we've coined called try before you buy, which we didn't expect this would happen with the holiday home side of the business or the, the short term let, but. We get a lot of people staying in areas to try before they buy. Wow. So if you ever do fancy, maybe Airbnb a, a villa by the beach for a month and see how you that's, see how you get on with it. That's an interesting idea. I didn't know you guys did that. Well, no, it's not like a, I thought of Airbnb being our villa thing. and then moving to another place because yeah. we could get a fortune for yeah. our villa now. Um, but again, we just don't want to move. Yeah. Moving is stressful. It is part of, <laughs> part of the reason for the partnership yeah. Yeah, to, to try and help out in a um, I don't want to deal with that. We We've got too much other stuff going on. So, Michelle, thank you. But honestly, it's been such an enlightening and fascinating conversation for me because I've learned so much. The, obviously, beforehand, we and my research notes were wrong, so about the award in 2018, apologies. Mm -hmm. But we try and do some research, but I found out so much today. It's been a like I say, a fascinating discussion. Oh, I'm glad. So thank you very much. And for everyone, the partnership does kick off next week. So from probably, I think, towards the end of next week, anyone who's moving into a rented apartment with us will In our delivery in radius. Yep. Um, <laughs> and we'll start delivering some pizzas. We'll, we'll do loads on social media. We'll get PR out. So we'll share the, the journey with everyone. If you follow Pitfire's social channels on our and ours, you'll see a, a lot of collaboration on there. So. Mm -hmm. Thank you again and hope you've all enjoyed watching.